the Christ. Well, for those visiting uh, with us today, just to get you up to speed, what we've been about all summer is uh, it's been a 316 summer for us. And so uh, each Sunday we get together, uh, we've been focusing on a 316 verse. A variety of books, uh, places in the Scripture, but it's always been a 316 verse. And so today uh, we move on and do the same thing. And uh, we look at a 316 verse out of the book of Acts. And uh, the topic, the title for today is uh, Situations or Opportunities. Situations or Opportunities. And uh, we're going to talk about how we all experience situations. We all experience those as we go through our day. Situations just somehow seem to erupt and come up. The question is how we look at those situations and whether we can see the situation as something more like an opportunity. Let's go to our verse. Here's the verse for, uh, for today. Acts 3.16 You see this man and you know him. He put his faith in the name of Jesus and was made strong. Faith in Jesus made this man completely well while everyone was watching. Okay. What's the situation? You, hold, you heard the whole story in the, in the lesson, but uh, the situation is that uh, Jesus has already uh, ascended uh, into heaven. Uh, the Holy Spirit has already come upon all of the followers of Jesus in, uh, in Acts 2. And so Pentecost is now past, and now we get Acts 3. It is the experience of Peter and John after Jesus' ascension, and more importantly, after the Holy Spirit now is loose in the world and in their life. As we look at the text, we see that uh, Peter and John are going about their everyday experience. And that's our first observation. Situations happen in the everyday. Isn't that true? I mean, you go through your everyday. And as you go through your everyday, situations just seem to occur. They just seem to present themselves. Peter and John are no different. They are going about their everyday. If you look at the text, it says the time of prayer was about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. What time was it? 3 in the afternoon. They've been about their everyday. It's already 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and they are about their everyday experience of what they do. It says Peter and John were going into the temple. A man had been born lame, was being carried to the temple door. Each day he was placed beside this door, known as the beautiful gate. He sat there and begged from the people who were going in. You see, both of the people involved in the situation are doing what they do every day. Peter, John... They were practicing their faith the way they practiced their faith every single day. It was the expectation for uh, a Jewish man in those days uh, that he would pray at least three times a day. That he'd pray at 9 a.m., that he would pray at noon, and he would pray at 3 p.m. Peter John, even though now followers of Christ, still continue in that devotion. And so they are on their way to the temple to be in prayer at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, like they did every day at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. While they're going and practicing their faithful uh, prayer life by going to the temple, they simply have a situation present itself. 
Now, keep in mind, I doubt very much if Peter and John got up that morning and uh, during the day or during the morning, they got up and they said, you know, wouldn't it be great today if we ran into a lame man? I mean, I doubt they got up and thought that, right? And I doubt very much if the lame man got up that morning and said, yo, today is healing day. Right? No, they all got up that morning and they said, well, okay, God's given me the gift of another new day. Let's see what the day holds. And they went through their day just like you and I do. They just got up and they greeted the day. And they went through their day. And at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, a situation occurred. A situation happened. There was this lame man who every day was taken by his friends to the beautiful gate. And he was placed there in order to beg for alms. To get what he could get from the passerbys as they went to worship in prayer at the temple. And what a great place to be. Tradition has it that the beautiful gate was indeed beautiful. That it was a gate that was lined with silver and gold. And he was placed right there at that gate. And all of the people who went to the temple went off through that beautiful gate. And everybody knew that as they went to the temple... They were responsible to practice their faith. And part of the practice was making sure the needy had resources and giving of alms to the needy. This beggar was in the right place. He was in the right place. But he never expected the situation that would occur. And that's the way it is for us. God places us in the right place. And we may not know exactly what the situation is going to be. But when the situation comes, the question is whether we see it as an opportunity for a God action. Everybody that day was doing what they do. Peter and John were going to pray at 3 in the afternoon. The beggar was being placed at the gate to beg for his alms. And in the midst of it, in the midst of the everyday experience, there was an incredible God action. That's the way it works. You've got to understand this. You ready? You've got to understand this. God's action, the kingdom of God at work, doesn't happen only in this room. It happens out there. God actions. The kingdom of God at work happens out there in your daily routine. Every situation you face, every situation that rises up in the midst of your daily experience has within it the opportunity for God to do something great. Because that is precisely where God works, out there. This was an everyday situation for everybody involved. And when the situation presented itself, it became a God action. It became not just a situation, but an opportunity. 
when those opportunities come, when the situations present themselves, notice what happens. When those situations present themselves, you need to have focus. Situations that become God actions need focus. Look what Peter and John do. The man saw Peter and John entering the temple, and he asked them for money. That's what he did for everybody. Everybody that walked by. And everybody that was walking by at that particular moment, including Peter and John, heard the man asking for his alms. But when it fell on Peter and John's ears, something changed. I mean, how how many times have you been out in the community and you've been walking by and you see the person holding the sign, you know, just need work or, you know, need help or whatever it is, and you watch the people and how do people respond? Oh, a few of them may throw a buck in in his hat or do something like that, but most of them just kind of walk on by. Yes? We ignore the situation. Peter and John, they get involved, they experience the situation, and they give the situation focus. Look what he does. But they, Peter and John, looked straight at him. See, that's what people don't do, right? People don't look straight at him. When somebody's asking, they just want to ignore them as if they don't exist. Peter and John, they looked straight at the situation. They looked straight at him. They focused on him. And then they said to him, look up at us. What do they want him to do? Focus. They want him to focus on them as much as they are now in the midst of the situation putting their focus exactly on him. See, when you're out there in your everyday experience, situations are going to come up. But when they come up, you've got to not ignore them. Instead, you've got to focus on the opportunity. See, there are people all over your day. Folks are all over out there who are looking for somebody who will pay attention to them and not ignore them. They're just waiting for somebody to look at them and recognize them as a person with value. Peter and John look at the beggar and they focus on the beggar. When they focus on the beggar, they get involved by asking him to do the same. And it happens. The God moment. The man stared at them and thought he was going to get something. Boy, didn't he know what he was going to get. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold, but I will give you what I do have. In the name of Jesus Christ from Nazareth, get up and start walking. Peter then took him by the right hand and helped him up. You see, you give focus onto the person, and you ask for the same focus. And it means you then give that person what you have in the situation. It also means you recognize what you don't have. Notice that's what Peter does. 
Peter looks at the situation. He focuses in on the man. He asks the man to focus back on him, and he doesn't make any false promises. He doesn't promise him silver and gold. He says, look, I don't have that. I can't give you what I don't have. But what I can give you is what I do have. Peter is willing to recognize his own limitations in the situations. But he's also willing to recognize what he can do. When situations happen, you have to look at the situation and recognize what you can bring to that situation. Don't promise what you can't deliver. Don't promise to somebody what you're unwilling to do. What you need to promise and what you need to bring to that situation is what you have and what you're capable of giving. He didn't have silver and gold, but what he had was the name of Jesus. See, situations happen in our everyday routine, and we need to stay focused on what's most valuable in our own lives and what we can then bring into somebody else's life. Situations happen. And when situations happen, we need to stay focused on what we can bring to somebody else's life, not on what we, can, what we don't have to bring. Not making false promises and false dreams of what we can but bring the reality of what we can bring into those people's lives. And then being willing to act on it. Look what Peter does. He tells the man he can give him Jesus. He can change his life through Jesus' name. And then he says, At once the man's feet and ankles became strong, and he jumped up and he started walking, and he went with Peter and John into the temple, walking and jumping and praising God. When situations happen, you give what you have. And what you have is more incredible than anything else in the entire world. Simply the power and the name of Jesus in that situation. See, here's the deal. Whenever you focus, you need to ask yourself, when you focus, are you focusing just on the situation or on the situation when you put Jesus into the mix. See, so often in our world we get a situation or we get a problem or something comes up and we begin to focus on the problem. But we focus on the problem apart from putting Jesus into the situation. What we need to ask this morning and what, the, what this whole experience would, would ask us to focus on is, wait a minute, are you putting Jesus into the situations that you experience in your everyday life? Are you putting the name of Jesus into the situation that's going on if you're having problems at your work? Are you, are you putting Jesus into the situation if you're having trouble and challenges in your marriage relationship? Are you, are you putting Jesus into the situation if you're having some challenges in relating to your kids? Are you putting Jesus into the situation if your finances aren't everything that uh, you want or expect them to be? Are you staying focused on the opportunity of putting Jesus into the situation? Peter and John 
focused on the man. They gave what they had, and what they had was putting Jesus into the situation. And when they put Jesus into the situation, they were willing to trust Jesus' name. Can you imagine that moment when Peter reached out and took the guy's hand? Put yourself in that place. I don't have silver or gold to give you, but I give you what I have. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And then Peter had to take and put out his hand and take hold of the guy, totally trusting that the name of Jesus would make a difference in the situation. Do you understand that? Peter totally trusted that his pronouncement of putting Jesus' name into that man's situation would totally change the situation. And he had to trust it enough to reach out and take hold of the guy and lift him up. Confident that Jesus' name would make all the difference. That's what we bring. We bring not just the name of Jesus, but we bring a confidence and a faith that it makes all the difference. Thomas Aquinas, uh, we all know a religious leader of another generation, once visited the Pope and was shown all the treasures of the Roman Church. The Pope said to Thomas, Well, Thomas, no longer can the Church say, Silver and gold have I none. Thomas Aquinas replied, Yes, Holy Father, but have you ever thought that the Church is in the danger of also not being able to say, In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk? You see, for us, it's not putting our trust in all the other places that the world wants us to put our trust. It's putting our confidence in one focused place, the name of Jesus, and trusting that the name of Jesus in all those situations makes absolute difference. Our world is crippled. It is lame. Our world is crippled. There are lame people walking around in your everyday all the time. They are crippled with financial problems. They are crippled with sexual problems. They are crippled with lifestyle problems. They are crippled with negative attitudes. They are crippled with not having meaning or purpose or significance. They are just wandering through every day in all the situations it holds. They're just waiting for somebody to focus their life in the person who makes all the difference. And when the situations come, it becomes the opportunity. And if we're like Peter, and we have the confidence that putting Jesus into the mix makes all the difference, then we'll step out and we'll take hold of their hands and we'll lift them up. And when we do that, People notice. Look what happened to Peter and John. The situation totally changed after Peter reached out and took hold of this guy and he got up. The crowd took notice. Situations are always crowd-drawing opportunities. The text. Everyone saw him walking around and praising God. They knew that he was the beggar who had been lying beside the beautiful gate. And they were completely... What? Surprise! That's what happens. When you put the name of Jesus into somebody's situation, 
and things begin to change, people are like, what happened? How'd that happen? And notice the next one. They could not imagine what had happened to the man. Now remember, get this, remember where are these people geographically, Peter and John? Where is this situation taking place? On the way to the temple, surrounded by religious people. Do you remember that? They're on the way to the temple for prayer. They're surrounded by religious people. They're in a holy place. And all the people there wonder, how'd that happen? Holy cow, isn't that the lame guy that's always sitting by the gate and now he's jumping around and praising God? What happened? See, they don't understand the power of Jesus' name and they can't imagine the difference it can make when you put Jesus into the situation. People take lightly the power of God in their life. Even religious people. Even some of you sitting in the room today have yet to discover the incredible power of having Jesus in every situation. Situations are crowd-drawing opportunities. When Peter and John did this, everybody started wondering, what could it mean to have the same name in my life? When you keep the focus on Jesus and you put Jesus into the situation, then it becomes a crowd magnet drawing opportunity. Look at the text again. While the man kept holding on to Peter and John, the whole crowd ran to them in amazement at the place known as Solomon's porch. Peter saw that a crowd had gathered and he said, Friends, why are you surprised? He's not surprised. He understands the power of Jesus in life. Why are you surprised at what happened? Why, why are you staring at us? Do you think we have some power of our own? Do you think we're able to make this man walk because we are so religious? Peter and John seized the opportunity to not only change somebody's life and focus on that person, but when the crowd is amazed, they begin to point everything in the right direction. I always, you know, I like watching, uh, watching baseball, one particular team, and uh, it always amazes me with the athletes, you know. At first I didn't know how I felt about it, but you know, the athletes always do something, and uh, as a particular pitcher on, on my team, he lost yesterday, by the way, uh, who, uh, you know, and something, yeah, thank you, Terry. Uh, Terry's back going, yeah, I picked up a game. Um, but anyway, he always comes off from the pitching mound, and uh, before he gets to the dugout, he always, you know, puts his hat in his glove, and then he points up like that, right? You've seen that, athletes doing that all the time, right? And I always thought, you know, oh, geez, okay, you're a baseball player pointing up. But, you know, the more I think about it, why don't we do that every day? I mean, why don't we do that every day? I mean, here's an athlete on national TV and he's at least pointing in the right direction. How many times in your day do you get to that sideline or do you get to that situation and you make sure that everybody around you understands 
who you're pointing to in life. How many times in a day Peter and John are in that moment and they're stepping across that sideline and they want to make sure everybody understands what direction they're pointing in. Do you think it's me? It's not me. It is simply the power of putting Jesus in the situation. And they point everybody in the right direction. Mother Teresa said, You'll never realize Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you've got. Isn't that great? You'll never realize Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you've got. The other thing that situations, when you put Jesus in the situation, do is situations also expose the truth. This is the greatest part of the text, I think. Peter and John have this incredible God action, the kingdom of God at work, and they point everybody in the right direction, and they don't miss the opportunity to expose the truth. Look what happens. The God that Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and our ancestors worship has brought honor to his servant Jesus. He is the one you betrayed. You turned against him when he was being tried by Pilate, even though Pilate wanted to set him free. You rejected Jesus, who was holy and good. You asked for a murderer to be set free, and you killed the one who leads people to life. But God raised him from death, and all of us can tell you what he has done. You see, so often we are so concerned about being politically correct. You see, in those God situations, in the situations that becomes opportunity, when you put Jesus into the situation, not only do you bring the power for Jesus to make a difference, but you create the opportunity to expose the truth. See, when you're talking to people and their life is a mess, you've got to tell them, you know what, your life's a mess. And if you keep going the way you're going... You're going the path of destruction. You see, they have to know that. They have to know that what you offer them is something that is absolutely different, and it is life. Peter didn't back off and just stay politically comfortable with the people and say, Yeah, wow, Jesus, number one. He also said, Look, Jesus is the one who did this, and you... You need to get your life in order because you messed up. You had the opportunity and you messed up. When people are living in sin and they're living in situations contrary to the Word of God, you and I have to say, look, Jesus has got to get in the situation and until you do, your life's going to be a mess. Because Jesus is the only way to get life going in the direction that God created and, and the dream that God created for your life. We have to be willing to take the situation and make it an opportunity to expose the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Peter exposes the whole truth because he knew the truth from his own life. He knew it. You see, a situation that comes in every day becomes an opportunity when you realize you've been through the same situation. You've seen it, you now believe it, and you now show it.
Hence, our verse 3.16, Acts 3.16. You see this man and you know him? He put his faith in the name of Jesus and was made strong. Faith in Jesus made this man completely well while everyone was watching. And you know whose name we could put in there? Peter. And you know whose name we could put in there? John. And you know whose name we could put in there? Mine. You know whose name we could put in there? Yours. Every situation becomes an opportunity. When we see it, we believe it, and we know it from our own life. Acts 3.16 is not just about Peter, John, and a lame person. It's about us. Amen. Model of Christianity. And yet Paul can speak to them, encourage them, warn them, and say, remember this. Even who you are right now, even with the quarreling going on, remember this. You are God's temple. And God's Spirit dwells there. Nowhere else. Not out there. It dwells where you are. And then, he gives an amazing word of warning. And here's one of those verses in 17 that is a slap up in the head kind of verse. You ready? He just comes straight at it. You need to understand how serious God takes the destruction of his church. This is how seriously he takes it. Verse 17. If anyone destroys God's temple. Now, what did you just say in verse 16? You are God's temple, right? The congregation is God's temple. It's where the Spirit dwells. If anyone destroys God's temple, if anyone behaves in a way that is destructive to God's church and tries to tear apart God's church, God will destroy that person. Oh, did you hear that? Isn't that pretty tough? Now, you think he's serious about that? I think he's serious about that. He's just coming straight at it and saying, look, you've got to understand how spiritually sacred the congregation of God's people is. You need to understand that if you actively pursue destroying the people of God in one place, God is going to actively destroy your life. That's serious. That's how serious... God takes our staying on purpose as his people in this place. Plank number four, last one. And if you don't get this this morning, if none of this makes sense to you this morning, or you're just sitting there saying, wait a minute, come on, Pastor, we've got to rethink this whole thing, this is the plank for you. Plank four says, get foolish to get wise. Paul is saying, look, if you don't get this this morning and you're really struggling with this morning, what you've got to do 